Yeah. And so they get away with being able to sort of do what, you know, they normally would do for a crisis, you know, put on the polo shirt and hold some press conferences where everybody's <laughs> standing six feet apart. Like, and, and they know that, that if they appear that way, right, like, you know, months down the road when, when fingers are getting pointed and blame is being right. assigned, they can right. point to the fact that they did don like the polo a white cotton yeah they rolled out they unfurled the mission accomplished banner they and shot they- exactly. one of and the press conferences in a garage depot somewhere yes. you know they maintain well, I mean, good social distancing on camera right right you also raise a good point there i think which is that like the actual response that would be required if the government's claim to authority really rested on its ability to help people sustain their lives right. and their livelihoods would actually disrupt a pretty prevalent set of material interests linked to ideology, which yeah. is exactly yeah. what happened in the early years of the New Deal, where the federal government managed to cobble together all this relief money, right? And then you actually had governors saying, nah, fuck that. Uh, so like this, I found this story, this guy who was a um, relief official named Aubrey Williams, he like went around to all these governors basically saying, look, there's federal relief money. You can take it right, right now. You can help your people. And he goes around and he has to persuade them to apply for it. He says, and he basically had to deceive them. So the governor of North Dakota <laughs> had to be dragged on a oh guided God. tour of poverty before he called for assistance. Oh my God. In Alabama, Williams secured the governor's ear only by claiming falsely to be a relative of former Senator John Sharp Williams of Mississippi, an idol oh of the governor. Oh my God. Wait, when in is Texas, this? New Deal. It, New Deal. The, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That These are the early years. In Texas, he overplayed his hand, and the state legislature, afraid that he would uncover corruption, passed a resolution demanding his departure from the state. <laughs> <laughs> he was literally, like, run out of Texas on a rail by wow. the state oh legislature. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Americans are incredibly consistent, it turns out, throughout historical periods. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I think this is kind of the thing, right? Like, it's only it's only something that it would, would appear uh, radical or foreign to the, you know, to the average American within the, I feel like within, like, the contemporary context in a way like one one thing i've been we had this we had this talk on i think the last episode about the context that history provides and uh you know how it can model like a framework for for moving ahead and i think one of the one of the funny things is like you know we on the left and i think within the context of that episode um you know our most recent public episode i think within the context of that episode we're talking about like okay how can you how can you look at activist strategies that have worked before how can you like use those as models to uh to like do current activist work in an era like this in in a in a in a not even era in a crisis like this in the middle of like this whole uh, social distancing thing with like stay at home orders and like the sort of incipient fascism basically. But one thing that maybe we miss is that ironically, so while we're kind of like, okay, how can you, how can you take models from the past and, and build upon them and move, move forward? I think that so much of the contemporary, uh, like the contemporary understanding of uh, American politics and the, and the sort of like, uh, I don't know, motivations or like horizon of possibility for politicians um, mm-hmm. now has been just folding in on itself or like eclipsing slowly over time. It's almost like, you know, I think often like contemporary politicians invoke or look to New Deal 
uh, era. Even I think Cuomo today, this morning or something, had like some fucking inspirational quote from FDR, I think, that right. he mm-hmm. that he posted. You know, politicians will like invoke uh, will invoke things like the New Deal, will invoke massive uh, like the 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 idea of uh, you, you know a different time period when massive programs and, and social and political change uh, were possible and happened, but then kind of say, oh well. But how can we take the model of the past and, you know, not go quite as far as that? And I think that this, it seems like actually in a way, this is almost like happened successful or successively over, you know, at, at least a span of many decades to this point where it's basically like almost, I mean, clearly within leadership in the House and Senate, like anything approaching a WPA or mm-hmm. a New Deal is like unthinkable. It's like you'd be like laughed out of the room, basically, if you yeah. mm-hmm. if you tried to say that on the Senate floor. Right. I mean, exactly. they actually did that to AOC, basically. Not that she's, you know, as we know from <laughs> this morning's reporting, not that she's like a, a beacon of uh, like pure radical left <laughs> ideology or anything. Right, right. But. Yeah. No, exactly. And Cuomo is out here acting the hero, almost knowing or as if he knows that that really there's no way that he looks bad coming out of this, you know, because... As you were saying, Artie, the Trump administration provides such uh, a good finger to point at. You know, he's still claiming that the Trump administration is shorting the state of New York when it's actually that he's refusing $6 billion of aid because he wants to go forward with cutting long-term care services and Medicaid. Yeah, I got a tip this morning from an activist that works on the New York Health Act who said that part of the commission's recommendations were to put more people in community-based care. Right. Which means that he is institutionalized. He is. Yeah. He's trading essentially uh, more mandatory institutionalized living for people with disabilities for this six billion. You know, it just doesn't make any sense if like your goal was to save lives and, you know, lead the state and advocate for it. But it's like his priorities really seem to be more focused around maintaining the image of New York State, making sure that we're not slapped with a quarantine order. He's been, you know, totally called a quarantine order. Right. He's been totally on top of Rhode Island. Right. He took personal offense to Rhode Island, saying that they wanted to stop New Yorkers at the border. Yeah. And he made a whole and have the National Guard like hunt down people with New York state plates. Right. Um, Meanwhile, New York city is getting 7,911 calls a day, which is more than we got during the day of 9-11. Yeah. And you know, it's one thing that we've sort of been (laughs) joking about, but that this is kind of like slow 9-11. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And then of course, like what appears, but the beginning of certain think pieces and op-eds in the times actually that start comparing this to 9-11 both in terms of like uh, the potential loss of life, which again is going to be much higher than Mm -hmm. 9-11. And they're talking about, oh, the preparedness and oh, this hospital staff survived through 9-11 and they did this and they they did that. Well, in 9-11, there weren't a lot of people in the hospital. Like it was kind of like you made it out or you did it situation. It also didn't. It's it's economic ramifications were not the fact that demand right. period in the United States and the service economy period in the United States collapsed. Right. And effectively, we're in a situation now. I mean, and like, it's funny because by comparing it to these other moments, you end up obfuscating what is 
a kind of radical potential. Right. Yeah. Totally. Exactly. In the present, which is that like we are all well, a, a vast section of the United States economy is now in what sort of looks like a general strike. Hell yeah. That is being uh, mandated uh, right. by government and is and where the demand is not simply like wa- wages or something like that wage increases, but like a and a some return to some stasis uh, in public health, which could be pushed out very, very far uh, into the future. There is such radical possibility. Now, I'm not saying it's like, okay, well, we're all organized enough to do something like a general strike. No, no, no. But, but we could be. But we could be. Because we like, are, but, are de facto on a general strike, right, essentially, now. A, a yeah. good chunk, anyway. But I mean, like, right. but you have to think, but you at least somebody has to say it that way. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have right. to, like, because otherwise it's like, oh boy, are we going to have an election? Oh boy, what's right. going to, you know, what, what's, yeah. it, it, there's no sort of descriptor that makes this, that, that I don't know, that illustrates to to working class people like where power comes from. Right. I mean, I think it's interesting, too, because I know that I've seen some um, I've seen like a, a few either calls to this or, or uh, references to this as being um, similar to a general strike uh, from people on the left. But um, like one one thing to note, because we were. Uh, we were <clears throat> talking about this the other the other day, and Phil, I think you mentioned even that like someone at the fucking Cato Institute accurately identified this as like, oh well, it's it's a moment where it actually looks quite like what a general strike would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, almost like for them, yeah, it's he a, didn't mean that in a positive way. Or a, right, I'm right. sure he <laughs> wasn't trying to rally the troops. Right, <laughs> no, he was. Uh, I think he was scared. Yeah, it was like an expression as a cautionary tale, almost or something. Right, um, right, right. sort but, of like. I can I can utter this, but I don't I don't necessarily want like the people to think of it like this because actually, as B's I think pointing out, like it is much. Hello, this is Daniel Beatrice's screen reader program. Support us at Patreon.com/slash/DeathPanelPod to hear the full episode and get access to patron-only content. With love, the Death Panel.